So, examples of self-limiting beliefs. These are really, really common ones that people say. I'm a binge eater. I can't lose weight. I'm no good at writing, which if you've been with me at any point before, you'll have heard the story, but I'll tell it again in a minute. I always fail. So a lot of people say, I've tried things before and they never work and I always fail and I can't stick to them. Great story to tell yourself. I can't do that. If you've ever been in the gym with me and said that to me, you'll know that that doesn't stand. So we can either can't do it yet, or we've made the assumption that we can't do it before we try. So even tonight, strength and conditioning, someone's on the leg press, pushing the leg press up and down going, I can't do it. So you're telling me you can't do it while you're physically doing it in front of me. So that's a story she's telling herself, but the actual reality was she was doing it. She was doing it while she's telling herself that she couldn't. Weekends are harder to stay on track. Um, Gemma Young, I know this is something that, that rings true for you. It's really common. I can stay on track all week, but I can't at the weekend. Lovely story. Lovely story that we tell ourselves. And I'll try. Biggest lie of all time. I'll try. So I'm a binge eater. So a lot of people say I'm a binge eater. Other things that are um, common around it is um, I'm an emotional eater. I'm a binge eater. Um, I eat when I'm stressed. I can't lose weight. I just can't lose weight. Um, I'm no good at writing. So for me, I was told that as a child because I didn't like reading. Still don't like reading. I'll read geeky books about nutrition all day long, but I won't. I, I don't enjoy reading fiction. It bores me. So because I didn't like reading books at home, I wouldn't be any good at writing. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s and I had to figure out how to do social media to build a business. Actually, I'm all right, yeah. I'm not too bad at it at all. But when I was told I had to do that, I had a business mentor to help me get on my feet. So you got to start writing stories. Oh, I can't write. Bullshit story. Bullshit story made up by somebody else. So these self-limiting beliefs will either come from messages you've had as a child, something somebody's told you. Um, one other thing that somebody said to me is that you never stick at anything. When I was quite young, I still remember. I remember exactly where I was and who said it. You never stick at anything. You start things and you don't finish them. That was a big one. So that was the story I told myself for a quick while. Well, I don't see things through. I don't finish them. Um, I always fail. So if you believe all of these things to be absolutely true, then you're going to act in accordance because we like to be right. I like to be right about the statements I say. I don't want to say something and then go, you were wrong. So if you tell yourself a story about how you can't lose weight or you can't do that or you always fail, then when you do binge eat or you can't lose weight or you can't do that thing, then you were right. And that feels good to be right, doesn't it? Nobody wants to be wrong. So start trying to prove yourself right in different ways. So there's, there's a gap between usually when someone starts a fitness program or a, a lifestyle change. There's the person you are now or that you believe yourself to be and the person that you want to be. And that whole fake it till you make it, I don't quite buy into that because um, if I, good example was when I signed up with my coach, she calls us athletes. Like I call you guys clients, she calls us athletes. And at the beginning I was like, I'm not an athlete. Not an athlete. So there was a gap between who I, I currently was and who I wanted to be. So I wanted to be a Cyrox athlete, but I didn't feel like I was one. So if I just stand in front of the mirror and go, I'm, a, I'm an athlete, when I don't believe it to be true, then that's a lie. So it's kind of the same as someone who's really unhappy with their body. And I just tell you, stand in front of the mirror and say, I love myself. You're not going to believe it. And so you're not going to act in accordance with it. So we need to align your identity of who you want to be with your actions. And we do that by starting proving ourselves another story, proving ourselves that a different story is true. So weekends are harder to stay on track, are they? Are they? They're different. 
to Monday to Friday. And yes, you could say there's less of a routine. But I bet if I said, I'll give you a thousand pounds if you stay on track this weekend, I bet you could do it. I bet you could figure out how to do it. Um, or if I said to you, if you lose a stone, I'll give you 500 quid. I bet you could do it. I don't have a grand or 500 quid to give you. But if I did, I bet you could do it. So it's not that you can't do it. It's that either there's motivation, there's a knowledge gap, or there's just you don't believe that you can do it. And if you don't believe you can do it, you can't do it. So that dream, believe, achieve, you dream about it, but you've got to believe that it's possible. So you're like, oh, I really want a big fancy house, but I'm never going to get a big house. I'm never going to get a big house. That's not for me. You won't get a big house. If you 100% believe you're going to get a big house, you'll, you'll act in accordance and you'll do the things required to get the big house. So if you think you can't lose weight and you think you can lose weight, two very different actions and behaviours that take place based on your thoughts. So your habits and behaviours always come from a thought or an emotion to begin with. So if we can address the thought, emotion, mindset first, habits and behaviours almost fall into place afterwards because you'll act in accordance. So let me open up the cherry box. What would you say are your self-limiting beliefs? Pop something in the chat. So how many have we got on tonight? We've got six here. Yep, six, seven including me. So six comments of what you believe your self-limiting beliefs are. Gemma's driving, so we'll not ask Gemma to do it. <laughs> And then we're going to have a think about what evidence do you have for it. Now, you might have evidence for it. You might have evidence for it, but let me hear what your self-limiting beliefs are. I came across one tonight that I was saying, and I say all the time, and I thought, oh, I'm a way to do a live on self-limiting beliefs, and here's me telling the story. So my classes don't run to time, ever. And I said, I know who I am. I just can't run to time. And I caught myself, and I thought, there's a self-limiting belief because I run fused to time in the morning. The morning fused team classes run to time. The evening ones. So this is like, actually, this is a good correlation between weekends and weekdays. So fused is very structured. It's got the same structure every day. Time drowns. Can't really go wrong with it unless I've faffed about too much in, at the beginning. Can't really go wrong with it. There's structure and there's a, a, a routine and a structure to it. Even classes, other classes that I teach, let's, I, I do bits and bobs here and there. It's not as structured as fuses. So there's a really good example. But I am now, Jen's on holiday, so I'm out for the classes. So I'm now going to finish my classes on time. I'm going to start believing that I'm the person. So there's bullshit. Sorry, I can't finish classes on time. I can. Choose not to. I choose not to. Right, Gemma is saying definitely the weekend one. I do tell myself that I can't stay on track at the weekend. Yep. So what if you looked at someone who did stay on track at the weekend, who stayed on track seven days a week, what do they do that's different to you? And how can you start doing some of those behaviours? Think about it that way. Lisa, that will never be the idea. Wait for me. Why not? Tell me why not. Trish, I'm not a morning person. So that there, there will be some element of truth to that. So evolutionary-wise, I find this so interesting. You're either a night owl or an early bird. So I'm an early bird. James is a night owl. But for evolution purposes, it means you're either one of two types of person and it meant that the nest was watched for the most amount of time possible because the person would be up early and the person would be up late. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Um, the question would be, Trisha, is do you want to be a morning person? Because if you don't, you don't have to be. I'm not a nighttime person. I don't want to be. I'm fine with being a morning person. 
Uh, Michelle, I say I can't do that Renegade wrote a fuse on Friday before even trying. Yep. How do you know? So then that feeds into what evidence do you have for that? Um, too old now and never been able to. Lisa, you're younger than me, so again, I'm going to call bullshit on that one. Um, and you've never been able to yet. So you put yet in there, which indicates that you can. Not too old. Don't buy into that at all. 100% don't buy into it. I've got um, ladies in their 60s. Julian's never having this conversation yesterday as well about being too old. Um, don't buy into it. It's harder, and I find training harder, and I'm more tired. But also, when I was younger, I didn't have two kids. I didn't run my own business. My time was my own. I went to work and I trained. Didn't really have much else I had to do. Maybe tidy up the one dish that I dirtied that day. It's different now, but that's not to do with my age. I'm not buying into that. Um, you have the fear that your time is over. Time for what? Your time for what? 100% not. Um, some of the ladies that come on board are 15, 20 years older than you, Lisa. Um, it's just about, it's about making a decision and getting rid, and this is what we're going to talk about today. I've called it self-limiting beliefs, but you could also say bullshit stories. <laughs> I have plenty of bullshit stories as well. Um, time is now, Trisha, quite right. Time, enjoying life for me. What stops you? We could go on with this for ages, Lisa. This might be a, a good Zoom to book in for the two of us, but um, for what reason? For what reason? Um, so when you say what evidence do you have for this? So if we say, like Michelle's example there, you've not tried it yet. You don't have any evidence to back that story up. Um, however, there will be some you do have evidence for. So we take the emotional eating example. Um, you might have evidence that you are an emotional eater. However, you're not an emotional eater all the time. So unless you're emotionally eating from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed and you do that every single day, then you're not an emotional eater. You occasionally emotionally eat. And the emotional eating part of it, you don't do that sometimes. You've got that under control sometimes. So how do you replicate the time you've got under control? And this is a whole different live. There's the fly going now. Um, but if you can figure out what works when you don't emotionally eat and then try and replicate that, as the name suggests, it's emotion, emotional. So how can you address those emotions otherwise? I've got a really good training that... Um, a lady I used to work with who's a specialist in um, addictions, but she actually did a great, so emotional eating can be quite addictive as well because you get a nice feeling from it. Um, she did a live on that for us. I'll share that on the group. She was, um, Kate Blackford, Dr. Kate Dr. Blackford, lovely lady, but it kind of explains it really well as to why it's beneficial for us to emotionally eat, why it's a good thing, makes you feel good. It's not the consequences afterwards or not. And can you prove that the belief to be true. So Michelle, you can't prove it because you've not tried it yet. Some of them you might be able to prove that they're true for now, but are they unchangeable? Can you rewrite that story? Can you, so Lisa, there's a, a perfect example. Can you rewrite this story that you've told yourself? It's not an overnight fix. I'm not saying we listen to this live and then all your problems are sorted, absolutely not. But start having a think about things like, what can you take control of? Can you write, rewrite the story? Jack Sparrow or Henry Ford. Um, oh no, Jack Sparrow's coming up, sorry. Um, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Think about it that way. So if you think you can't, you're right. You think you can, you're right. 
So in positive psychology, there's a quote that says, a great predictor of success is your thoughts on your ability, not your actual ability. And you see this with the difference between men and women applying for jobs. So when women apply for jobs, they will only apply for the job if they meet, I think it's like 80% of the criteria. Men will apply for the job if they meet 40% of the criteria. Because they believe that they're going to get the job because men are a bit more arrogant than we are. So they believe they're going to get the job and they'll, a lot of the time they'll get the job over a more qualified woman. Again, whole different subject. But they believe that they can. They believe they've got a right to sit at the table and get interviewed. So a great predictor of your success is not actually whether you've got the ability. You can find out knowledge, skills, um, how to do things, strategies. But if you don't believe you can do it, you can have all the strategies in the world. It's not going to happen because you want to be right. And if you don't believe you can do it, you're going to prove yourself right. If you believe you can do it, you're going to prove yourself right. So start trying to work on that I can and I will. Heard that somewhere before, somewhere along the lines. But I love that. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So there's two ways you can look at this. Proactivity and your choices. Proactivity and reactivity. So we've been really good at being proactive with our plan. So Michelle, you've bossed your plan. Um, you've had a plan in place. You've been proactive. So you've taken the initiative. You've taken responsibility. You've taken the a lot of the decisions out of your day. You've already made them. So it's not like, oh, God, what am I going to have for lunch? Or I'm too tired to make a decision about what to have for tea. We were like that last night. Busy weekend. And it was... At the, like 11 o'clock said I would like the decision about tea to be made now because I don't want to have to think about later tired so if you're really tired if you've got a plan you've been proactive about it you're organized boom it's running like clockwork reactive people and you can be both of these people several times within a day reactive people are driven by feelings circumstances conditions by the environment um, whereas proactive people are driven by their values so if something goes wrong in your week Michelle you've got your plan and you can follow through no matter what um, reactive, think about people who get road rage. So if somebody cuts Gem up just now and she goes, that's like nuts and that's a whole night. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> um, That's a whole night ruined. And that's it. Like I'm going to order a takeaway. It's just totally ruined my night. That man cut me up. Um, I'm going to bed and I'm falling out with my husband and that's it. That's been reactive to a situation. It's like an external circumstances control it. We want to live in the proactive place as much as possible, where we're in control of our situation. It doesn't matter if somebody cut me up. Oh, well, move on. I'm going home to have my meal that I planned. It's not a, a reason to go way off track because something external happened to you. So think about where you could be more proactive. Of course, you're going to be reactive at times. I'm reactive at times. Um, it's normal to be reactive. You wouldn't be human. You'd be a robot. But where can you be more proactive and maximise the times where you've got control of things, you've taken the initiative, you know how things are going to happen. And so the majority of your days live like that rather than reacting to, oh, I'm stressed, I'm going to have five marsh bars or, you know, whatever it is. Think about it that way. Where can you be more proactive? So taking into account the times that you know that you're going to be a little bit more vulnerable. Um Gemma, I think we'd spoken about, she knew if, if something had happened on Friday night, then the rest of the Friday night would go to pot. So the really simple thing for that is to make sure that thing happens. It means everything falls in line. So being proactive in that way. You're in control. You, we would like to think we're not, but we are. We are in control. Nobody is the boss of you. I'm not the boss of you. I was speaking to Jeanette. Um, who's on the other group today, and she said, I've not done my checking because I've had a terrible week, and I know you won't give me a out. I was like, 
I'm not going to give you a row. You're your own person. You can make your own choices. I'm not your mum. <laughs> but you make conscious decisions based on your values rather than being a victim of your current circumstances and blaming everything and everything else. Now, I'm happy to say there's nobody on the group like that. This, But there are some times where, oh, I couldn't get to the gym because somebody cut me up and I was in a bad mood and I just cancelled the class. Nonsense. You can make decisions around that. Regardless of what's going on around you, what the weather's like, who's talking negatively in your social circle, what happens to you, all these things, you still have a choice on how you respond. Um, there's, oh, I've forgotten the book, Victor Franklin. Has anybody read the book? He was um, a Jew in a Nazi camp. And he realised that he didn't have control of anything, but what he had control of was his response to the situation. So really um, inspirational book. And then he realised that he had choices he could make. So the only choice he could make was how he felt and how he behaved. Um, so think about all the things you could take control of that would have a positive influence in your life and that subsequently will allow you to help and serve others. And I want you to think about this. Who has been inspired by anybody on this group? Stick in the chat, put yes or no. You don't have to say who it was. I have. I have by people in this group. So what you are doing has a positive, it has a ripple effect. Let me see, I've lost it. Yes, 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 yes. I do too. I'm inspired by my clients all the time. Sometimes I look at my clients and go, you're bossing it more than I am. So you are inspiring other people without you even knowing it. Without you even knowing anything about it, there's a ripple effect that happens. But there's a ripple effect that happens negatively as well. And you sometimes find that, um, like, especially the Morning Fuse team, we've got a great, a great dynamic in that team in the morning. I speak to everybody before I let them come into Fuse because, same thing, it can have a ripple effect for someone who's really negative. We did have one person once. And it ruined the whole group. So she was one out of 16 people, but she ruined the whole group. She stayed for ages. And then eventually said, I don't think this is for me. I was like, you're right. You complain every single <laughs> Um But think about how you can positively help other people just by being you. And that's what I want you to do. Like You're, you're all quite good at it, but show off in the group celebrate your wins come in and say i just bossed however many steps today or i just did this and this isn't to make other people feel bad if someone comes on and says i've done twenty thousand steps today and you've only done eight that day don't feel bad about it they've maybe had a day of work and you've been stuck at your desk all day don't feel bad about it but think about the positive influence so share your wins i've been inspired by loads of my clients Create a paradigm. Who'd heard of the word paradigm? I hadn't heard about it until I did Seven Habits. So a paradigm is your point of view, your, your point of view in the situation. Facing difficult challenges, facing your fears, focusing on what you can control um, and influence, and be unapologetically you. I love that. Be unapologetically you. Um, your current perceptions, values, and beliefs will all guide your behaviours. So the story that, that was told around this, two shoe salesmen, they're both sent to a third world country to sell shoes. They're sent out, they come back to the office at the end of the day and the first salesman comes back and says, I can't sell shoes here, nobody wears shoes. Can't sell a single pair of shoes. Nobody, nobody wears shoes here. They're all walking about barefoot. Second one comes back and goes, this is freaking amazing. Nobody wears shoes. I can sell shoes to everybody. Nobody owns a pair of shoes. 
two different viewpoints on the exact same circumstances. So think about, you might have had a shitty week, but where can you grab some wins? Where can you grab some wins? I'm not saying it's all flowers and roses and there's always a positive. Sometimes there's not a positive. Sometimes it's just a shit day. But try and grab some wins somewhere, whether that's that you've nailed your water. It might be that you've hit your steps. It might be that you've managed to keep nutrition in check. Um, so I was speaking to someone tonight who said, like, oh, they were out at the weekend. My food was rubbish yesterday. But it was within calories. And I'm like, okay, so it's not ideal, but it's still a win. When we're talking about fat loss, it's still, you didn't, like, gorge and go way over calories and ruin your week's progress. It wasn't the best quality. That's all right. It's still a win. So grab the wins when you can, even if you're having shit. But they're unapologetically you, but I like that. I like that. Um, making assumptions about things. Making assumptions about whether you can do a renegade role. Making assumptions about other people's success or results. Um, making assumptions about anything. Make sure that you've got a real view of things and not a tainted view or an assumption. Um, biggest thing I can kind of think about is when you see someone online looking totally ripped and you're like, I had a client once who had actually had a picture of another female, an athlete, a CrossFit athlete, on the wall in her gym as an inspiration. I was like, I need you to take that down. Like, you don't know how that person trains. You don't know if they eat healthily. You don't know if they're taking steroids. You don't know if they're starving themselves. So concentrate on you. Don't concentrate on anyone else's journey. Making assumptions about how other people behave or look as a consequence. I don't share a lot of my stuff because I train differently from a lot of my clients and my goals are different from a lot of my clients, but people assume that they should be doing the same as me. So just make sure that you are, when you're on your journey and you're maybe looking at someone else and there's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from someone else, nothing wrong at all. Um, but don't make assumptions about things and don't wish you looked like somebody else. Wish you looked like you. I think it's always a shame when people are saying, oh, I want to look like so-and-so or uh, young kids want to look like Kim Kardashian. And if you've got 50 grand to spend on plastic surgery, that's not happening. Here we go. Here's Jack Sparrow. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. So think about it. You can have nobody wearing shoes and you can have a really positive response or a really negative response. But when problems come up, there is always a way around it. There is always a way around it. And a lot of people quit when the problems come up. But there's a way around it, I promise you. I promise you. Right. When we are thinking about our goals that we've got, we've got to have some kind of alignment with a value or a reason why, a really strong reason why. So what are your goals for today, this week? And then why are they important? Why is it important whether you hit a goal? or whether you do your steps or eat your, why is it important? Why does it matter? Give it a really important reason. For me, it's always about how it will make me feel. I always take it to a feeling. Um, and that's what works for me. That's not what you have to do. But for example, today, um, training, I had less, because again, I, I faff quite a bit. Um, so I had less time than I hoped to have. My workout was going to take me 58 minutes. Um, and I thought I need to get home. I need to eat. I was tired. Um, and I had to get back and do your check-in. So I had morning classes that I don't normally have on a Monday. And so I told myself the bullshit story that I only have time for a 45-minute workout when it was a 58-minute workout. So this ties in with your identity. So my coach wouldn't know. I could tell her I did the full workout. She wouldn't know I didn't do it. Nobody would know I didn't do the full workout. I would know. And that tells me a little story about who I am and what I do. That I do a half a job. Gemma had said this, half, half a job, Gemma. That I do half a job or 
like somebody had said to me when I was younger, you don't follow things through. You don't finish things. So I started the workout and I got, I think I got, it was six rounds on the first first workout. I was like, I think I got maybe halfway through the six rounds. And I was like, do what you said you were going to do. I had said that I wanted to start, so this is a mental busy couple of weeks. I had said I'm going to keep my training on form because that's when I need my training the most, when I'm going to be most stressed. So I'd said, I'm going to hit this week's run because last week was not great for training, travelling, fight night, whatever else, two runs, that's all I got done. So this week I was doing my scheduled workouts and they're happening. There's four to do this week, more than manageable. And I got halfway through, I was like, don't don't be the person, don't be that person that doesn't follow through on what you said. You said that this week, four sessions, done, get done. And then in all reality, there was extra, what, 10, 13 minutes is the business going to fold if I take an extra 15 minutes on my workout? No. But the consequence of that then is I've been buzzing all afternoon. I don't feel tired anymore. Came home, devoured my lunch. Um, but, and I feel good because I did I did what I said I was going to do. So my my why is to feel good. So if I'd half-hash my workout and cut it short, I wouldn't feel as good. I feel really proud of myself for doing it. Really proud because I had every reason not to. I could use you guys as an excuse. I could use it. I have to get home and I have to do this. Oh, bullshit story. Um, but why is that important? And so, what are the consequences of not doing what I said I would do? I'd feel pretty disappointed in myself. I've, to- I've written myself a wee paragraph in my story of who I am. Of I don't finish. I start, but I don't finish. Colette Bass was right. I don't know if any of you know her. I maybe shouldn't have said the name, but she was right. She was right. She said that to me when I was at seven. And I remember it. And if you have someone that you, you're maybe not their biggest fan, let's put it that way. I don't want her to be right. I want to be right. So think about it that way. Consequences of not doing what you said you would do. And what's possible if you do. So for them, for the rest of the day, I've had loads more energy. I've been in a much better mood. I've not been as groggy. I've got all the work done that I wanted to do. I've gone in and taught classes and then I'm doing a live with you. I'm going to have a decaf coffee in a minute. But the consequences then, if I hadn't worked out, energy would be low, wouldn't feel as good, be a bit disappointed with myself and sit the week off on an ego. All right, so thinking about your why. You want to almost align your why with your values and then your actions. So you, if you start taking action, you'll build momentum towards this person that you want to be. You'll start building momentum when you start seeing results, and then it becomes all the more attractive to keep doing those actions. So there's a few of you that have struggled with tracking your food, and what we've said this week is just, just track it. See what happens. Just just do it. Just like you wash dishes when you don't feel like it or you do, like, do the iron when you don't feel like it. I had to do it if they knackered. Hate it. But I'll do it because I need to iron clothes. So if you want fat loss and you're not tracking your food and then you track your food, you realize it's not that big a deal and you start seeing results, it becomes a lot more effective. So what's your why? If you're wise to lose fat, start doing things that are going to help you lose fat. And how could you rewrite some of your self-limiting beliefs and connect a little bit more with that why? So if I want, I want to lose weight, but I believe that I can, how can we change that self-limiting belief to, I can lose weight? And then you start doing the actions because you believe you can and you've got that want there. It's never, your trainer saying, oh, you just don't want it enough. I think that's nonsense. Never met a client who didn't want it and signed up to a program and didn't want it. People want it. They just can't always quite get there because of a limiting belief. What would you, what would rewriting your story do to your results? And how would it affect the actions you take each and every week? Think about it. If you could change a couple of the stories that you tell yourself, how could that change things? 
nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you keep going with the same mindset, you're going to keep doing the same actions, you're going to do the same, get the same results. So go back, go back to the start. The emotions always drive behaviours. So if we can change the emotion at the start, almost effortlessly, we're talking about changing habits and behaviours as effortlessly as possible, effortlessly as possible. If you can change who you believe you are or believe you can be, maybe not are currently, but believe you can be, and you can and you will. You know that already, don't you? Anybody have any questions? Just put no if you don't or pop it in there. You can unmute whatever you want to do. Nope. Not from Gemma. Sarah. If there's anything that crops up, because obviously this is something that um, you'll, you'll ponder over and we'll put posts about it all week. It just helps us because you can listen to the live and I do it when I go to trainings as well. I listen to it, I think, well, that's amazing and I can't quite remember what it was. So we'll go through different bits each day this week. But please, please, if there's one week that you're going to go all in and you might think it might be the training of the steps and nutrition, this is your week. It's a bit pink and fluffy, but it works. It absolutely works. All right. Okay, I will leave you to your Monday evening. I'm both my decaf coffee, a shower, bed, do it all again for tomorrow. All right, any questions, you know exactly what to do. Um, give me a shout. But other than that, thank you guys for joining me tonight. I will catch up with you all during the week. Take care. Bye.